the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Opportunities in FinTech, a professional development seminar. Featuring National Chair for the Women of Color STEM Conference, Monica Emerson, and CEO of Ascent Small Business, Tisha Hammond. The expansion of technology in the workforce has caused major changes in every aspect of our life, especially finance. Whether you are buying a cup of coffee with your iPhone or handling complex financial data, you deal with fintech every day. With $31.6 billion of investment in the U.S. and an additional $18.1 billion invested globally over the last five years, fintech is one of the hottest technology sectors. New software applications and tons of money are being poured into securing financial sectors. But what is lacking in the market is women. Fintech companies are lacking female leaders at the helm to help drive business into the next decade. The talent is out there, and there are more than enough opportunities for financial institutions to close the gap. Don't miss the chance to hear how top executives in the fintech industry are working to locate talented women who can improve financial institutions and keep our technological border walls safe. In this session, you will hear why there is a need for women in fintech and what financial and technological industries are doing to locate talented STEM professionals to close the gender gap in their industries. Without further ado, the Women of Color STEM Conference presents Opportunities in Fintech, featuring Monica Emerson and Tisha Hammond. So I'm just delighted that some of you have chosen to, to stay around for a while. My name is Monica Emerson, and I am just delighted that you are here. I was here earlier, and then I left out for a while. But I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. And then um, the person who is with me, Tisha Hammond, is also going to tell you a bit about herself. And we're going to take this session in a bit of a different direction from some of the other sessions that have preceded this one. We want you to be a lot more engaged, and we want this one to be a lot more personal to you. OK? So you'll see what we mean in, in just a moment when, when, when we get started. So let me tell you just a little bit about myself. So again, my name is Monica Emerson. I am the national chair for this conference, for the Women of Color STEM Conference. I have been supporting this initiative since its inception. So I've been with this conference now for 24 years, okay? So I remember when this whole conference could probably fit into a room about this size. And I have watched it grow over the years, you know, to the point where we can sell out a hotel like the Marriott 
and have to move to a, a Kobo, well, it's not a Kobo now, a TFC center for our workshops. I remember when this conference used to move all around the nation, Atlanta, Texas, and Philadelphia before it came to Detroit about five years ago. And I told Tyrone Caborn, who is the CEO of Career Communications Group, you bring this to Detroit and I promise you, we will get the support to keep this conference here in the city because the women of Detroit and our young girls need to have this conference here. And it's been here and I'm determined we're gonna keep it here. So next year, it's gonna be our 25th anniversary. And I tell you, it's gonna be the best one ever. I had to put that plug in before we get started, okay? Um, and I do, and I say, and so why do I do that? Um, there's, I'm retired, and there are not a lot of things that bring me out of retirement, except that I think it is really important that we continue to lift each other up. My, in my professional life, um, I worked in uh, the automotive industry. I worked for Chrysler, and then it was you know, Daimler Chrysler and, and the Chrysler Group LLC and so forth, right? Um, I've worked for Chrysler, I've worked in the government, I've worked for the United States Department of the Navy, and I've had my own business, and I still have it, uh, a consulting business that focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social justice. But in everything I do, I think it's important for me personally to be engaged in work that is about lifting up other people, and particularly women, and particularly women of color. And that's why I'm so committed to this conference. Because whether it is STEM, or FinTech, or business, um, whatever it is that is your chosen profession, I want everyone who ever comes into this conference to leave here saying, I can't wait for the next one, because I want to come back. And what has brought me back year after year after year is not the presentations, it's not the locations, it's the connections, it's the people that I meet, it's the relationships that I build. We form a trusted community here. And it's that trusted community that helps with your careers throughout the year and in fact throughout your lives, personal and professional. And I have met some of the most amazing people in the 24 years that I've been affiliated with this organization. That's why I do the work that I do. And so I'm going to, so that's who, that's pretty much who I am. That's why I'm engaged here. And so I wanted you to have that background about me. And now I'm gonna let my amazing partner here. And I say partner because in just a few moments that we had to talk this afternoon, I think I have met yet another woman that I'm gonna have a, have built a relationship with, and we found out that we're connected in ways that we didn't even know. Mm -hmm. So I'll let her tell that story. 
Thank you, thank you. So I am Tisha Hammond, and yesterday I just found out what my superpower was. <clears throat> Does anybody know what their superpower is? No, Sir, I was like that as of yesterday. When we can get a chance to talk offline, I think I can help you pull out what the answer to that question is. It's not difficult at all. My superpower can be described in two words. And that's whoop whoop, <laughs> whoop whoop. So my nickname is the small business cheerleader. And my superpower is cheering on other women as they pursue entrepreneurship as a career path to financial independence. And that's the easiest way that I can describe myself. So I don't sit up here as a FinTech expert but I sit up here as a fintech entrepreneur and someone who is trying to speak life into young girls and young women to pursue as many new avenues as possible to our future so that we can influence our own economies. I retired last year at the age of 41 from a 21-year career in law enforcement and civil rights advocacy to pursue a career in working for myself. And I think that we'll probably explore through some questions you may have what the ups and downs, the highs and lows of entrepreneurship are and, and what my STEM story is and how it relates to yours. So thank you for having me here. Well, we're delighted that you're here. And one of the things that we wanted to do is talk about the fact that inside of this, this, this field, this space that we've been talking about all all morning and through the afternoon called FinTech, that there is clearly opportunity, that there is a need for more women, and particularly at the higher level. And we find that um, this is a greater need, um, particularly in the, in, the, in the space of cybersecurity. So let me ask this question of the audience. If I were to say to you that there are three positions, managerial positions in cybersecurity that are open right now, and I need three of you to apply for those positions at a global company, how many of you are ready for that? How many of you would apply? Three, four, five, six, okay. So I got some takers. That's excellent. So let me ask those women who raised their hand. Why did you let me let me tell me why did you raise your hand? There you go. That's right. And that's a little bit of what we were sort of hoping for. All too often when opportunities present themselves. If we don't have the experience, we meaning women, we tend not to raise our hands and apply for it. Now, what do you think the response would have been if I had asked that question of a room full of men? <laughs> Every hand in the room would have gone up, right? Because it is well researched and documented that 
women tend to believe that unless we have had the experience, unless we have done the work and have done it well, we tend not to want to apply for the position. Men, on the other hand, if they read the title of it, and it sounds interesting, <laughs> they're more than likely to apply for it. Have you found that to be true? Yeah. And very often, they may end up being your boss, and you may end up training them, right? <laughs> okay. So we need to think about how we see ourselves. Okay. Now, what do we need to do to change that mindset? I tailored my resume, my interview skills to how I was selling myself. Because if I can't sell me, no one else can. Okay. Can I tell you how I think about that? Sure. When I want to shift my mind, I think about the difference between being rich and poor. And it's not necessarily monetary. For me, poor becomes passing over opportunities repeatedly, knowing when to say yes and when to say no to a new opportunity has been key for me now, especially that I depend on myself for a paycheck. So I, I have to take a long, hard, strategic look sometimes at what is this opportunity gonna be? What's the bigger picture of it? I got to dig deep into the minutia and see the big picture, and I can't do that by myself. That's, that's excellent. You know, and I, I think what we're saying about being positive, I try to be very intentional about that. One of the things that I've done for myself is I've made a plaque for myself that I put on the wall, and I wrote on there because I believe words are very powerful. And particularly when it start with I am, when you start with I am, I believe you are speaking into the universe, the reality of what you are, what you're going to be, right? So I try never to say I am anything negative. I don't say I am broke. I don't care if I don't have a dime. Because <laughs> I don't want to think that. I'll say, you know, I'd rather say something about I am resourceful, you know. Um, I, you know, I will, so, and I, and I, and I thought about that, and I made a plaque, and I just put all sorts of very positive words that are meaningful to me. And I put it right in front of my desk so that when I sit down every single day, I look at that. And it's a reminder. And it's uplifting to me. And that's what I mean when I'm saying about being intentional about it. Because sometimes it can be hard and you can just get in a slump. And the first thing I say, because my, my sense of my connectivity to my faith is important to me, so the first I am is a child of God. Right. Okay, that's very, that, see, that sets my day right. Okay, there. Now I'm right. Now I can, I, okay, I can handle it. 
And then I go on to resourceful and kind and generous and everything else in terms of how I see myself. The other thing that I believe, which is why this event is important, is I think that the more you lift up other people, it comes back to you multiplied over. So as you, as we began to help each other, so even if you don't raise your hand for that job opportunity, but if you put somebody else's name in there, or if you lift somebody else up and say, you should go for this job, or you say to a manager, I think, you know, Sharice or Linda or somebody else would be excellent for it, that blessing will come back to you. Because if we don't do it, you know, so often, so often, we think that we don't have those opportunities because they're not given to us when the opportunities are there, but we don't necessarily take advantage of them. Other comments? I did not create the acronym for POOR, so I can't take credit for that. And I hadn't thought about an acronym for rich, but when I think about being rich, I think about a few things. So can I just speak to that? So for me, one of the reasons why I started a business, and my business is business consulting. It's speaking, consulting, training. I have an online training platform, and that's where the FinTech opportunity comes in. But when I think about being rich, I think about my great, great, great grandchildren that I'll never meet being rich. So I'm still kind of young. I still got some runway left on my life, hopefully. And I have monetary goals, of course. I, I want to pay myself a particular salary. I'd like it to be a lot more than six figures. Um, but that is not the motivation. The motivation is for me to generate various streams of wealth that my children will not jack up for their children and, and their children's children. And doing that through financial services and small business development and seeing, since I've been in business, my husband has opened a business. My son just registered as a certified life coach while he gets his degree in counseling psychology. He's gonna use my office space for his business. I see my daughters becoming entrepreneurs and at 11 years old, my daughter had already owned two businesses and she's 16 now. That's what I was going for. And not just in my family, but now that it's kind of infiltrated my family in a good way, now it's time for me to push that out into the community and to speak to as many communities as possible. So may I, may I offer you, uh, I'll offer you one for your uh, acronym. Resourceful, innovative, collaborative, and happy. Sounds like you. Sounds, yeah, I'll take it, I'll take it. We like that, yes. We like that. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. Uh, who, who can I give credit to? What's your name? Uh, um, say it again. John Thank you. I'm, I'm gonna give you credit. Uh, we're gonna connect on LinkedIn and I'm gonna give you credit for that. I told you this would be interactive, right? We're not gonna do all the work from up here. Yes. 
John, John, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be disruptive, but how do we spell your last name so when we, oh. And then can you spell his last name for us? Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> so John, thank you for that. Thank you for the acronym, but it's John, V-E-N-T-I-M-I-G-L-I-A. I see why you gave me that card, John. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Did everyone, did everyone get that? V-E-N-T-I-M-I-G-L-I-A. Thank you. Thank you. Poor, so the question is to repeat uh, the acronym for poor. Passing over opportunity repeatedly. We hear that and it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? You know, the other thing that it does, um, it also, makes us own the situation, that, that, right? But sometimes we sometimes think of the situations that we find ourselves in as someone else's fault. And when we do that, it makes it more difficult for us to get out of it. Um, because as long as someone else is responsible for us being in a particular situation, then we have to look to that person to change it before we can find ourselves in a different place. But if we own it, then we control our ability to get out of it. That's what makes that so powerful. Because it says that we're, you know, we're passing over the opportunity means we have the you know the ability to stop doing that and take advantage of the opportunity to do something different and there's risk involved with that you know um, but that's the one thing I think that sometimes holds us back more than anything else is fear you know um, but that's the one thing that's repeated in the book you know the book I'm talking about, right? More than anything else, mm -hmm. it says, do not fear. Fear is debilitating. Fear will stop you from so many things. Um, but we have to be, you know, we have to assess, you know, risk. And I'm not suggesting that everybody just sort of, you know, rush out and quit your job or your day job, you know. You have to assess the risk. Um, but but clearly, um, we're capable of doing a whole lot more than we sometimes think we are. You're listening to Opportunities in Fintech, featuring Monica Emerson and Tisha Hammond. Brought to you by the Women of Color STEM Conference, uniting women in STEM by continuing the press for progress. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. May I offer, Teresa, do you have a question, a comment? Can you share what you all have done? Um, of course, when you're getting involved in anything new, there's going to be anxiety. So what have you done to prepare yourself so uh, you can be successful? What have we done to prepare ourselves so we can be successful 
and reduce or hopefully eliminate the anxiety attached to that. So when it comes to my business goals and dreams, I am not modest. In my personal life, I'm a very modest person. But when it comes to my business and commercial life, that I'm, a, I'm different, I have a different persona. Um, that persona is exaggerated. That persona is wildly uh, intense. And that persona wants to fill stadiums and, and um, have large scale conferences too. But one of the things that I do to eliminate anxiety is tell myself I have to be okay with dreaming big and expecting the dream to happen. If I have put in place year after year, time after time, a team and a strategy to, to tackle the dream, to chase the dream, to tackle it, when I finally meet up with the dream, I better be ready to seize the, the moment and the opportunity at, at any expense. What I do to eliminate the stress associated with chasing the dream um, is in my office, I have a treadmill and I have a working desktop that sits over the treadmill and I work on my treadmill. I have a fitness bike that has a desktop attached to it so I could work and work out at the same time, get my body and my business moving. What I did years in advance before launching my own business though was sit down with my husband, our children, and our financial advisor. My husband is nine years older than me and I knew he would retire before I would and I wanted to join him in retirement. I, I, would, I refused to go to work when he was in bed sleeping or on the golf course. I, it just, the idea didn't work for me. So I told our financial advisor and my husband 15 years ago, gentlemen, this is my plan. My plan is to start a business. I need to do it by this year. We need to have this amount of money ready so that when I walk away from these six figures, you know, paychecks, we are, we're not struggling. We don't have to change our lifestyle. We, our children won't be negatively impacted by it. And after 15 years of saving and strategizing and networking and, and learning and understanding what opportunities to say no to and which to say yes to, when the day came, April 3rd, 2018, I was able to confidently, though with tears in, falling out my face, I thanked my supervisor for the opportunity to work with her and to go on this journey with me. And I said, you have been good to me and I have been excellent to you. I knew that she wished me well. I knew that her, her prayers were with me on this journey and she released me as easily as she could. And you know what? When I left, they hired three people to do my one job. I was like, y'all wrong, you wrong. But it's okay because it created an opportunity for other people who may do something with that far greater than I could. Did that answer the question? See, that's why I needed her as my cheerleader. Man. Now let me tell you the opposite story. <laughs> so I started my business with my benevolent self. Okay. And I would go in and I knew I was good, see, because I didn't have to really have a marketing plan because business came to me based on my reputation. Okay. Right? Folks just call me up and say, I heard about, you know. And I would go out and they would say, well, 
we need you to do this, 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 and this, and you know, and they would describe what they do, and that's exactly the work that I would do. And so I would tell them what it costs, mm -hmm. and they would say, well, we don't know we can afford that. And I said, well, what, what can you afford? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we can't afford but this amount. Well, I say, well, all right. Mm -hmm. And I go do the work for them. Mm -hmm. So needless to say, I wasn't bringing in the six figures. But you know, I wasn't missing a meal, as you can tell. So <laughs> I said, well, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing good work, and I'm helping folks. So I carry on. So at the end of a year or two, my tax advisor said, Monica, let me help you understand. Unless you make some money, the IRS thinks this is a hobby, honey. So you need, yes. this, is, this is not working. You can't write this off as a business expense unless you're making a profit. So either you have to charge the going rate for the services that you're providing, or you, you, can't, you can't declare this as a business. So somewhere between, you know, being an entrepreneur, I had to learn to say, well, you know, if you can't afford it, then, then you know, you just have to call me when, when you can, you know, like you, any other, right? That was really hard for me. But I got over it. <laughs> So, but I should have, but I should have talked to her long before that. But the message that we wanted to say here, and what we, the dialogue that we wanted to have with you here, because we know that there is a, another a seminar coming behind this, is there is opportunity for women in this field. This is a new field. The whole fintech cyber security space is changing. It's challenging. Uh, it's relatively new. It's dynamic. Uh, any space, any career space like this, is 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 about innovation. Don't feel that you have to have had all of the experience in order to to break through in it, because quite frankly, nobody has. They're innovating and creating and learning right there in it. And you can be a part of it if you have that interest and that ability to learn. And you can bring past experiences into that space. Because the, the, the experiences that you've had doing other things, believe it or not, you'll find to be relevant in that space. Um, Scott Page. Had, is wrote a book um, called um, The Difference. And he talks about, and his second book was called The Diversity Bonus. And he talks about how people who think differently, he talks about the benefit of diversity in, in bringing about better outcomes and better conclusions when trying to solve complex strategic problems. 
So any of you who work in the diversity space, I recommend that you get his books. Um, he's a professor at the University of Michigan. The message here is sometimes when you come into something new from a, from a career that's different, from a space that's different, what you bring is added value because you, you bring a different perspective, a different way of looking at it. And that's, that's, that's added value. That's something that you can sell. You don't necessarily have to have had the same thing. Um, so you know that. So think of that as additive, as opposed to, well, I, I haven't I haven't done this work, so therefore, you know, I probably can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's that's a good question because. I never felt people were taking advantage of me. Um, I love the work that I do so much, I would do it for free if, if I, <laughs> which is crazy. I guess I don't really have the heart of a business person. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 don't use me as your role model. But um, I really do. I mean, what excites me is the aha moments when people, like, like when I'm, the, the whole space of diversity is really challenging to me. Um, and when people get it, you know, when they stop thinking about diversity is, okay, how many of them do I have to have, you know? Or I tried, I mean, I hired two of them and they didn't work out uh, because they don't understand the, the benefit of having people who have come from different backgrounds that add value to their organization and improve their bottom line and grow their businesses. When people finally get it, particularly CEOs, and that light clicks and all of a sudden they start driving that message through their organizations, that's what turns me on more than the money. And so. I'm probably not a, a good role model for a business person, but that's what excites me. That's why I do the work. Um, when women leave this conference and they feel like, I'm not gonna let another opportunity pass me by. If, the, if I read a position description and I got half of the qualifications, or you know, they, I'm gonna apply for it. I'm not gonna wait till I got every last one of them. If John can apply and he only got two, by golly, I'm gonna apply. If, you know, if the behavior and the mindset changes, or I don't have to let this person talk to me any old kind of way anymore. There is a way that I can stand up for myself, I can be respectful and say, no more will you treat me like the doormat. She wanted to know yeah. your name. That's it. Oh, I'm Monica Emerson. Um, so that's E M E R S O N. Yeah, that's what. Uh, so I still do a lot of stuff for free. I mean, you know, my tax advisor doesn't like it, but right. you know, <laughs> I still haven't missed a meal. <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
Congratulations for being dedicated and doing it for 24 years. And thank you for bringing it to Detroit. I am a Detroiter and I'm grateful to have it here. Well, help me keep it in. <laughs> and because this is an engaging conversation, I am an entrepreneur. I have two businesses and I've been an entrepreneur for seven years now. And one thing I would like to share amongst the crowd of ladies um, that I've had to learn and grow from is knowing not to get stuck in being perfect because perfection can be paralyzing. Yes. It can be paralyzing to the point you don't move, you don't take action at all. So thinking about perfection versus action. Yes. So your point where you were just sharing of how, you know, we may not have 100% of the qualifications or requirements for a position, or if your business plan is not complete all the way, it's always gonna be a work in progress but knowing to have perfection versus action, let's take action. And then even as an entrepreneur, every day you have to stay motivated, you have to be encouraged, and everyone who's thinking about starting a business, go for it. If not, now when? And when you're puzzling thoughts, or you're trying to figure out the next move to make, whether that's in entrepreneurship or not, being able to take the time to think, okay, right now I'm getting anxiety, or before I make this decision, am I acting out of fear or faith? Because similar to their speakers on the, on the panel, I'm a spiritual person as well, and I believe in God. And I know there's a reference in the book called the Bible that says, you know, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, joy, and a sound mind. So just reminding ourselves that what we are made of as individuals, our creator has made us to do more than we can ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And nobody can ever do it how we do it. We are who we are, and as another scripture states, I am that I am. So remembering an affirmation of I am, knowing who we are and knowing what we're created to do, and no one can do it like us. Thank you. Thank you. I like what you said, what is your name? Candice. Thank you. I like what you said about actions. Um, lately, I've been really thrilled by a quote from Gandhi that I keep in front of my mind as often as possible. And that says that actions express priorities. So what I would like to encourage you all to do is to make yourself a priority. Women in particular are really good at, at putting ourselves in like third or fourth place. We, we put everything over ourselves and there's kind of like some guilt or shame associated with doing you. That doesn't mean isolating everybody else and not taking care of your home and all of that good stuff that comes along with the blessing of being a woman. But what it means is, all right, you've set your, your children and your loved ones up, you know, for success, okay. Even if you gotta do it in increments, focus on your success. So what I mean by increments is, okay, I'm not gonna rule the world by tomorrow morning. I accept that, but, but maybe in, in this many months or this many years with this team of people we can do this thing here and remember to bring somebody on the journey with you because life is more fun when you have a friend at your side a sister a sister friend whatever we're going to call ourselves but i have a question are there fintech entrepreneurs in the room so are there entrepreneurs in the room we know of at least one are there entrepreneurs who use electronic invoicing and accept payments in various forms? Okay, 
So some of us are touching FinTech in our business as often as we are getting paid by client partners and customers. And as you go back to work or go back to your office or, or your line of business, I'd like you to consider the opportunities to learn more outside of this conference about financial technology, whether it's talking to someone in investment or equities or securities, um, talking to somebody about blockchain or cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever you like. But I would encourage you to start listening to podcasts and reading books instead of watching TV as often as possible. Now, if you have a guilty pleasure TV show, go for it. But if you can just, every place that you have a TV, have a stack of books there also. And as often as you can, instead of reaching for the remote, reach for the book and have those books be about something completely unlike you, something that you'd love to learn about or maybe see yourself mastering one day with a bit of help. But I found that the Women in FinTech Network podcast has been helpful for me as I'm on this FinTech mapping journey for my business. But it's from two women in Sweden. I would love to have access to podcasts from women right here that are representative of you and I. So maybe you'll be the next person to create the podcast that I'd like to listen to. So, that was a pretty doggone good challenge, you know? Are there any further comments or questions? I think that there is another session. Yeah, there is another session mm -hmm. to follow up. Mm -hmm. And, but we do have a little bit more time. We have about 10 more minutes. But I, I you know, yes, ma'am. I've been listening to a lot more podcasts. So you probably say, well, we're all busy. How do I find the time? So I'm going to share with you. It's probably too personal, but several mornings a week, I take a bath, and that's when I listen to my podcast. I make it a point to take a bath in the morning because I, I, that is my shield of armor. When I'm going to have a day when I know it's going to be stressful, I'll get up at 4.30 and I'll take my bath and one of my favorite podcasts is Oprah. Mm -hmm. So that's what I do. And it has become almost like a religion. My husband doesn't even ask. He's like, I got you. <laughs> he'll go and he'll pick up the Epsom salt because he knows my favorite. And that's where I find my time. So thank you for that. I just wanted to share when I find my time because it has helped me to anxiety. I actually, I'm looking at Teresa. <laughs> it helps me with anxiety when you know you're gonna have that stressful day. So that's where you can find the time if you didn't know when you were gonna fit it in. Thank you. Thank you. you know, when you said that 4.30, and what, you know what reminds me of was uh, our forever first lady, Michelle Obama. Uh, uh, that's the time she hits it, 4.30 in the morning. You know, um, yeah. Uh, that's uh, a number of women who have very busy schedules find that that very early morning is their own private time. Definitely. So, you know, there, there are ways, and I um, believe that it is important. And I 
I'm, I'm going to guess that I may be the senior woman in this room. Um, and I've been down, yeah, I think I am. You don't even have to look around. <laughs> uh, I've been retired two times. Um, and I've had, you know, um, I've experienced some amazing things in, in my life. I've had an opportunity to, to travel to, you know, several continents and many, many different countries around the world. And, um, you know, carrying the message and doing what I do and talking to women um, who, you know, who are struggling to live a better life um, in far worse conditions. Um, so, it, but I, what I will say is that it is important uh, to take care of ourselves. Uh, I know that I'm not necessarily the best role model for that, um, but I'm, I continue to try to do better, you know, every day. Um, I'm, I'm a giver, um, and uh, to a fault sometimes. Um, you know, my family means everything to me, and, um, you know, if I see somebody in need that I, that I love, I give it to them. And folks say, well, you shouldn't do that, and I say, well, I do. And so um, they said, well, they may not give it back. And I said, well, then I just don't get it back. And folks said, well, they're taking advantage of you. And I said, well, I don't feel like that. See, so it's all a mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't, you know, people say, you let people take advantage of you. I said, I don't feel like people are taking advantage of me. If I want to, if I have been blessed to have it and I want to give it to you, I don't feel like they're taking advantage of me. You see, it's all about how you relate to people in your life. And, um, but I do think that it is important to take care of yourself. I really do believe that that's important. And so sometimes it's easier, you know? I was just sharing, I've just gone through a very stressful period in my, in my life. And it's not the first time I've done that when I've been a caregiver for someone. Um, you know, I, I was sharing that I just just lost my mother a month ago, um, and um, she lived with me, and we, she was 94 years old, lived a wonderful life, but it was very painful. We were very close. Um, so during that period of time, I that's what I did. I didn't do my business. You know, that was I didn't do conferences. I didn't do speaking. A lot of things I didn't do fell by the wayside, but, that, but that's okay. I'll pick things back up now. Um, so you know, when I when I had children and I was working and I was married and stuff like that, you know, sometimes your life is different. You can't, you know, couldn't do everything. But then your life changes over time, and then you can refocus more. But even in those most stressful times when you've got so much going on, it is important to try to carve out a little. In fact, it's probably more important then to try to carve out time to take care of yourself and, and to find some, it doesn't have to be a whole lot of time. You know, just, it doesn't have to go away to a gym or something. You can find that, that space right there in your home if you need to or in your as long as you can find that quiet space for yourself, you know. 
but it's important to take care of yourself. It really is. Because we're all we got, you know? And if we don't love ourselves, you know, you can finish that sentence for me, right? Any questions or comments or final thoughts that we want to leave with each other? Yes, ma'am. I just want to thank you. You've been an inspiration to me because I'm, uh, I turned 60 this year and I was not, like, I'm on the, I'm on the downside of my career. You know, I'm, what am I going to do next? But seeing you has been so inspirational to me to take that next step to dive into uh, where I have passions and be that entrepreneur, go into cybersecurity, whatever you know I, I can do and have the desire to do. So thank you. Hey, can I tell you something? You know, when I, after I retired, um, that's, and, and my hair was as white as it is, that's when I got the appointment to the Navy, okay? So I just want you to know, just sometimes when you think that, um, well, I'm older now, you know, <laughs> believe me, you still got more you can do and more you can give. Don't let your age define you, okay? You you'd be surprised if you if you have it in you to give the opportunity is out there for you so good luck on your next journey i truly have appreciated you all being here i look forward to seeing you later on at the um reception and uh throughout the rest of the weekend and i look forward to seeing you next year as well Thank you. And thank you. Wasn't she amazing? Thank you. Thank you for listening to Opportunities in Fintech, a professional development seminar. Featuring National Chair for the Women of Color STEM Conference, Monica Emerson, and CEO of Ascent Small Business, Tisha Hammond. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Women of Color STEM Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.womenofcolor.net. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.